92.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is The Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. The phone numbers, you'll need them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. Pretty simple and straightforward. If you would like to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we're going to call it this week, do so. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. If you want to post your comments on Twitter or X or whatever we're going to call it this week, do so. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Please just get to the point. Please don't suck. Make the show better if you can. Uh, make sure you check out the podcast. Uh, you're going to be really excited. It's always fun when Jeff talks about economics on the podcast. That excites people. But I will tease it this way, saying it's a discussion about what I think is the most sinister lie in politics, which I do think actually hurts people. It has an effect. I have a, I have sympathy for people on the receiving end of this lie. I just have no excuse for why you would vote the same way again when you've been lied to. So it's economics, but it is the most sinister lie. Uh, check out the podcast. Uh, we drop a podcast every single afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcast. Same with the YouTube channel. We drop that each afternoon as well. Even though I look like Shrek, subscribe to it. That's the Jeff Ward Show on YouTube. Well, I mean, I guess we should. I, I don't know. I didn't see this coming. Uh, the NFL has once again become a, lack of a better term, a far right target. Such a target, I mean, such a target right now, here and now, you would almost think it was an election year. That's how much of a target, popular target it's become. It's as if politics mattered right now, you know? It's such a stupid, intentional distraction. It really is. And it just keeps adding to the layers. I got to believe... Because I'm cynical. I think politicians suck. I can't think of any more awful industry with despicable human beings, to be honest with you. I have no idea why many of you suck up to these sellouts. I don't know. But such is life. I got to believe somewhere some strategists on the right wing side must have said, if we need culture war material, and we do, because that's what the voter cares about then the NFL is the perfect play of the day. So let's start picking subjects. That's the way I interpret this. And I say this because I don't think it came out of nowhere. I think everything when it comes to some sort of political agenda, and yes, that comes from the talk show business too, where it's just a bunch of sucking up. Um, I don't think it came out of nowhere. The Taylor Swift part, yeah, maybe a little bit out of nowhere. I, I can't quite figure out how all that piled up. That I sort of see. But now the Rooney rule is a part of it. And I think it's just because the NFL is a is it so popular, it's easy to glom onto when you're looking for culture war fights. So here we go. Either way, you know, either part of this, whatever the agenda, it's now game on. So... Somehow, somewhere, I guess this stuff works. I hope to rip it to shreds and tell you how pathetic it is, but I'm guessing somewhere, somehow, this is going to work. Here are your two far right-wing culture war targets supplied by the NFL or the NFL itself. There's really three, but I think the DeMar Hamlin vaccine thing 
has sort of morphed into the conveniently morphed into the Travis Kelsey vaccine conspiracy thing. So I think it's just sort of carrying over. Um, all right. So the Taylor Swift thing is shockingly dumb. I mean, it's funny. To, it's fun to make fun of and all that stuff, but it, that's shockingly dumb. Even by today's idiotic culture wars obsession standards, it's shockingly dumb. The NFL and Taylor, Team Taylor Swift, who are, who are in the business of generating eyeballs and downloads, they're both in the same business. So I don't argue that the NFL and Taylor Swift, Team Taylor Swift, conveniently use each other for little added publicity. I don't completely disagree with that. But she's not, she's not using the NFL to endorse Joe Biden. You do know she has giant platforms that she could do that anytime, anywhere. So her platforms are big enough that if she really wanted to, she could endorse Joe Biden just about any time and get some publicity out of it. She doesn't really need the NFL for that one. And by the way, she doesn't need the NFL because could be way off, but I don't think I am. Her audience is not 85% middle-aged white males. At least I hope not. If so, you got a problem. The NFL is not run by Swifties. In fact, the NFL is run by just the opposite of Swifties. Nor does the NFL market to Swifties. It's not her audience. Now, there is one funny part to this that I do think is, uh, is, is ironic at best, but kind of, kind of pretty good comedy at the same time. And that is this. So what's happened to uh, those that want to glom onto this issue? Those that I guess every day you wake up and you got to figure out how it is I can make grandma mad today. Kind of the Fox News crowd on loop. Um, but there's one funny part of this. It's a head- headline from the LA Times. How Taylor Swift has driven some far-right pundits to do the unthinkable. Cheer on San Francisco. I mean, think about it. So... This has become a thing. I mean, a thing by in that in that industry, right? The, the the Fox News Loop crowd, maybe not even that crowd, whatever right of that is, that crowd, which is big. They're now cheering on San Francisco. Cheering on San Francisco, I might point out, instead of that city in Middle America. Here goes. Uh, this was in the yacht in the L.A. Times story today. Contained in here is um, some angry white guys with neck beards uh, complaining about stuff. Very good. Final thoughts, guys, around the horn. Jack, you first. Well, of course, I'm very excited that uh, we have named Taylor Swift our latest national ambassador, first national ambassador for White History Month. And of course, as we know, at the Super Bowl, they'll be performing the Black National Anthem. So we are at this time trying to figure out which white national anthem will we pick for Taylor Swift to sing. (laughs) At some level, I got to believe these guys are joking around, but I don't know. I just think it's funny now that you got an entire sector of my business that's having to cheer on San Francisco over Kansas City. It's a we it's it's a weird side to pick. The LA Times has even pointed out all of a sudden you got a bunch of people picking San Francisco over Kansas City of all places. But then the next thing up, um, and I, I, you're going to hear a lot about this, particularly if you're in those circles, in those message boards, and you want to you know, do that anger thing, um, and that is something called the Rooney Rule. This is not new to pop culture wars. 
It's pointless, I'll argue with you. In fact, it's you're wrong if you're that bent out of shape about it. But this is not new. So this one is going to gain apparently going to gain some traction in that whole space. And so the Rooney rule, this is sort of being dug up again. The Rooney rule has been around a long time. Uh, decades, in fact. The Rooney rule goes back to the Rooney family, one of the most influential families in NFL history. They had been owned and had been running the Pittsburgh Steelers. Still, a Rooney runs the Pittsburgh Steelers to this day. The Rooneys, decades ago, very righteous people, by the way, older white guys, um, felt that minority coaches were not they wanted to make sure that minority coaches were getting the chances they wanted to. To be fair here, let me explain to you, having been through a strike myself, the NFL is run by middle-aged old white guys, okay? Um, the majority of players are black. There is tension and has been tension for decades between the players and the owners for very good reason. Um, and they don't get along they're com- from completely different worlds. They don't see anything anywhere the same. And just by, by business aspect, they, they're, they're on opposite sides. One of the things that Rooney thought was, we need to do a better job. He was a thoughtful guy. I mean, most owners are not thoughtful. Most owners could give a flip, really, about the players. They could. Um, they want to make a bunch of money. And the business is good for that. But the Rooneys were known as these, you know, they wanted to bridge the gap between the players and they were concerned about race relations. They were concerned about um, how ownership was portrayed to players. And so they came forward and said, look, we think owners should start interviewing more minority candidates. And they put in a rule that said, if you have a coaching opening, a head coaching opening, maybe, maybe even apply to assistant coaches too, but for a head coach opening, you have to interview at least one minority assistant. Um, now, a lot of you are going to scream and get worked up and say, oh, that's you know some form of affirmative action. They never once said you have to hire a minority candidate. They just said you have to interview a minority candidate. Do I think that it is mostly ceremonial? Yeah, I do. I really do. In fact, recent history in the NFL would tell you that they're not exactly a guy's group of guys that are that worried about race relations. I mean, not long ago, one of, I think it was plainly obvious, one of the greatest, most ridiculous forms of discrimination happened to the Miami Dolphins head coach who won seven games and got fired and was offered a bribe to lose games. So, you know, it's not exactly an old white guy group that is that worried about this. But the Rooney Rule has been in place, and now because it's, I'm going to guess here it's an election cycle. You need to get pissed off about something other than taxes and war. You know, stuff that matters. I can promise you the thing that should matter least to a taxpayer, to a voter, would be the NFL. But that's what works. So in sort of the chum in the water, all of a sudden the Rooney rule is now becoming a bigger issue and some right-wing groups are now making a big deal out of it. Nothing will be done. You have no say in that business at all. They can do whatever they want. It affects you zero. But don't be shocked if this week goes on, looking for a culture war, once you move past the Tater Swift thing, 
Then you can move into the Rooney Rule thing as, aha, see, see, there, look what they are trying to do. Um, I don't know that the, I'll be honest, I'm not sure the Rooney Rule itself has really improved hiring or not for NFL coaches, but I would caution anyone who wants to buy into this is a terrible, diabolical thing. First of all, it doesn't matter to you, the taxpayer. It's none of your business. It doesn't affect you at all. Zero. You're going to have an opinion. But if you want to get worked up about this, I would caution you slightly. Okay? Uh, no, I don't think it has necessarily led to more minority coaches being hired. Um, but if you just stop this year, be very careful about ripping this too much. If you just stop this year and you say, what are the best coaching jobs? Let's say the five best coaching jobs done this year in the NFL. I'm going to tell you three of the five are black coaches. The coach of the year, not that far from where I'm sitting right now. So be a little careful about going nuts on this, because if you take a look at the worst coaching jobs of this past season and the best coaching jobs of this past season, and I'll submit to you, one of the best coaching jobs of the last 20 years would be your Houston Texans. The fact that they are not just in the playoffs, deep in the playoffs, is nothing but a minor miracle, and look who their head coach is. Three of the four best coaching jobs this year. In order, probably, D'Amico Ryans and Houston. Tampa Bay was one of the worst rosters in the NFL, who just threw a bone to Baker Mayfield to try to get him to play. Next thing you know, Tampa Bay, coached by Todd Bowles, a young black coach, goes too deep in the playoffs. It was a ridiculously good coaching job. You might argue another great coaching job would have been from the guy who I now think is the longest-serving head coach in the NFL, and that's Mike Tomlin who coaches the Steelers. And I think Randy, I think Andy Reid would belong in the top five. That's my point is three of the five best, three or four of the best coaching jobs this year have all come from black coaches. It's hard to rip. The worst coaching jobs this year, that's not hard. One of them would be old and wrinkly in Boston. One of them would be old, white, and chubby in Dallas. The other would be younger, angry, and white in Philadelphia. So be careful when you want to glom onto this as this becomes popular. And it is, just because, again, I'm cynical enough to believe it's an election year, so you just look for stuff, look for culture war stuff, and the NFL is the biggest pop culture thing going. But don't be shocked is this Rooney Rule thing that gets kicked around a lot. And again, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with anyone. I do think it's mostly ceremonial. I don't think it's sincere. I don't think anything owners do in the NFL is sincere. But the trend in the NFL isn't about black coaches. It isn't even about white coaches. The real discrimination in the NFL, if you want to find one, would be older coaches. The trend is hiring younger coaches. But it just so happens the best coaching jobs this year by far, including the best, as I said, in decades by D'Amico Ryans, happen to all be black coaches. All right, 512-834-1027 on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week, at Jeff Ward Show. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Jeff Ward Show.
on 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. Well, it's all prop bets all the time now. It's um, Some of these are, of course, a lot of them are stupid drunk bets, but some of them are pretty, I don't know, pretty entertaining. And I think some of them are going to get broken. Not that I would want to go all in on some of these, but uh, I think we're going to talk in a few minutes about uh, some of these more interesting bets that I don't think are that crazy. For instance, one of the bets you can make is the Super Bowl record on consecutive completions. Look, didn't Patrick Mahomes start the AFC Championship game with 11? Was it 11 completions? 10, 11, something like that. Well, the record for the Super Bowl is 10. I don't think it's crazy to say that gets broken. You make pretty good money on it. You know what? Um, I think it's 10, and I think it was by Eli Manning, of all people. Believe it or not. All right, on Twitter, X, uh, here you go. At Jeff Ward Show. What's the over-under on number of days left of NFL political outrage? I say five. Well, you mean political outrage... Fake outrage at the Super Bowl, Super Bowl-related issues? Yes. it's Once the game is over... No, no, no. I take that back. Monday and Tuesday, although all that I know about the advertising, it's going to be it's going to be very... It's going to be very tame. It's going to be very strategic. I, I don't think there's going to be... I'll be shocked if anything controversial comes out of the day. I do. I think that's why people are working hard right now on the front end to come up with culture war issues... But I don't think there's going to be a controversial ad. I don't. Um, I don't think, you know, the NFL doesn't want it. Will go out of its way not to allow it. The NFL is the content provider. This is, this is a true story. Um, a few years ago, remember, and I think the Federal Trade Commission came down on them as well. Anybody remember the... I want to say it was Viagra, but I don't. It's one of those, right? One of the ED drugs. And so one of the ads was, it was all about lifestyle, right? And so one of the guys, it was that ad. He would walk, he was walking, he was shopping. He's like a 55-year-old dude. Of course, she's 35 and smoking hot, right? And they're walking by a lingerie store. They stop, look at each other, giggle, and go in. Seems pretty harmless to me. Who really cares? But people do care. The NFL being as concerned about public perception as possible started dictating and was actually backed up by the Federal Trade Commission that the ads needed to be, quote, medically related and not lifestyle related. And so that's one of the reasons why the advertising has gotten more vanilla and straightforward and I don't think that's going to change so I I don't I hope I'm wrong I hope something ridiculous happens but I I think the political I think looking for the political outrage is going to be stuck with Taylor Swift and the Rooney rule and it's probably not going to come from the ads it's probably not going to come from Usher sorry to say it I don't think anything outrageous is going to happen with Usher at Jeff Ward Show, the white national anthem talk sounds like some guys gleefully being racist because they think it's acceptable now. Well, yeah, I think that's the talk show. Yes, I, I don't think, I don't think they're concerned at all. Um, so 
I, I don't. I don't think it's going to be all. I don't think it's going to be the controversy that a lot of people want, including myself. I don't think it's going to create these hot button issues that a lot of people want. Maybe even including myself. I think they're going to do all they can to make it as straight down the middle as possible. And I don't think Taylor Swift is running on the field screaming about Joe Biden. I'm sorry to break it to you. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think you're going to end up with a standard football game that if we're lucky, somebody doesn't play horrible and it gets to be a blowout. That's it. The betting, though, the betting is where everything, that's where all the discussion should be. Because the betting is, is pretty fascinating. Because betting now, except for the state of Texas, where, of course, it's sinful, because betting now is so common and it's so mainstream, it's now, these subjects have now gotten pretty cool. One of the best bets, I think, I think there's two of them. There's two of these props that are really good, that, that are kind of fun but make sense. One, most completions in a row. Either one of these guys, certainly Patrick Mahomes, and he's done it countless times, can, can hit guys in the hands for the first 10, 11, 12 passes of the game. So you can bet whether or not they beat that number of, I think it's nine for Eli Manning, so 10 consecutive completions would break the record. You could bet on that. There's another that I think is a smart bet. You can bet on whether a tight end has more than 134 yards. And you're going to think, well, that's kind of nerdy. No, it's not. The two best tight ends in football, the guy who led the league in receptions at tight end, and the guy on the other side, George Kittle, who led tight ends in yards. To turn and bet on one of them getting 134 yards or more is actually a pretty sensible bet, too. That, between those two guys, two of the best to play the position, that's not an outrageous bet at all. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Better like that kid. Better like him a lot, actually. It's his birthday, so better be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about soccer jerseys and all that stuff. It's uh, it's worse. There's worse. The worst collecting things to be into. That's what I've found out. Sports cards and uh, soccer jerseys. So, you know, could be worse. Uh, the bets are flying in. The belief is that there's going to be almost thirty billion dollars in bets on the Super Bowl. <laughs> Legal bets in legal places, of course, not in the state of Texas where we don't do sinful things like that. $30 billion bet legally. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.